Good morning for the Met Radio Morning Mixtape. I am Donovan LaCroixy, and debuting on the show, I've got actor Adam Berardi. How you doing? Great, Donovan. Thanks for having me. Well, where are you from, brother? Well, currently right now, I'm living in Arizona in a little town called Fountain Hills. I'm okay. originally from uh, New England, uh, the New Hampshire, uh, Massachusetts uh, state line, pretty much. Okay, and that I Massachusetts live- is, is uh, close to Boston, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's about uh, where I lived is about 20 minutes away from Boston. Okay, 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 okay. And you are an actor. I know there's more to you than just an actor. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I've been acting since I was 15. Um, You know, I started in television shows when I was 15. And as I've gotten older, I really kind of just really enjoyed getting behind the lens and uh, and, uh, and, and directing and producing uh, mostly now... uh, um, documentary style television shows okay 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 so what are were some of the shows you appeared in while you were younger um superboy um that that filmed in the uh late 80s i believe and uh yeah i got to play uh in school i got to play clark, uh, clark kent's uh, one of his classmates so uh that was great and that that lasted for a few seasons and then uh Stuff back in the day, like the Psychic Friends Network, you know, I, I did stuff for them uh, with Dion Warwick and, and all that stuff. Now that I'm dating myself completely. Um, <laughs> and and you just stuff I can barely remember, you know. <laughs> but you have 32 to 36 years experience, 35, but we're going to say 36 now that we're in 2024, right? That's right. That's right. Okay, so what have you what have you learned in the thirty six years about this business? Don't take anything for granted. Um, you're always structurally unemployed. So when you're finished one job, you are now unemployed again. Um, and uh, that when that that kind of mindset humbles you and reminds you that uh, this business is ever changing. It's always evolving. One time you're going to be the it person, and the next time you're not. And uh, you need to continuously evolve and change to kind of meet those needs. How do you evolve as an actor or an actress or a producer and a director? Have no clue. It's all been on accident. Um, no, <laughs> just kidding. Um, you know, you, you kind of just it's it's a continuing it's a continuing kind of educational process where you continuously go to classes. Like um, if I'm in the union, so I'll do a lot of stuff with SAG after they have classes that they offer their uh their members. Um, if you're not in the union and you're perhaps you're, um, you know, you're an independent, there's a lot of great schools around the country that are reputable, that, um, that are just, that are just fantastic for that kind of thing. So you kind of continuously evolve because we can't really tell what is needed at the time. Like when I started, um, for instance, headshots were all black and white. And as time went on, probably about the early two thousands, no one did that anymore. And now it's kind of going back toward that again. And, um, you know, you can constantly have to change your headshots, change your look. Um, and that education, acting styles vary from decade to decade. And you have to be willing to adapt to those things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if you can't, what should you do as an actor or actress or a producer and director if you can adapt to these times? Say I'm getting up there in age. Everybody can adapt. So um, getting up there in age has done nothing except make my life more rich. Um, there was a time in my life from probably about 28 to 35, maybe, where I got no work. Nobody wanted me. I looked too young to play a dad, and I looked way too old to play a high school student. And there was nothing really in between at that time. 
And now uh, I'm starting to be, uh, people uh, book me to play the father in a lot of different roles. Um, And it can be great because those roles, if you're like an evil stepdad or, or whatever it may be, those are really complex roles that I never would have gotten as a younger, you know, that, that, that quintessential Hollywood look where you get that young look, that, that fresh face um, wouldn't have gotten those roles. And now I get all sorts of great, crazy roles. I mean, there, there's so many fantastic actors that didn't even get their start until they were 50. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So anything is possible and it doesn't matter what age you are. It's never too late to adapt, right? That's correct. I mean, look at uh, Morgan Freeman, for instance, right? Mm-hmm. He got to start really late in life. And uh, wow, what a fantastic actor he is. Mm-hmm. And there was another one that started really late in night, late in age. And he's well known too. his name is not I think Sean Connery was did Sean Connery get started late. I mean, I remember. Him, yes. And uh, Bond. He was actually pretty old in Bond. Right. So, yes, he did. He did. <laughs> All right. So let's hear about the projects that we did in 2023 into now 2024. So, you know, 2023 was um, unfortunately a, a bad year for acting. Um Yes, we, uh, I'm aware we were on of that. strike. <laughs> yeah, we, the writer strike was uh, was just rocked us to our core, and uh, so that was unfortunate. And then we had the actor strike, which, by the way, in solidarity, we we won those negotiations. We got what we needed, and we protected actors, um, you know, for years to come from things like the uh, the, the the advent and the advancement of AI. Uh, so, you know, I am grateful that I took that year off, and I went for the picket lines every day, and I. And I helped with photography and things like that and videography for these events because I, I feel like that's the contribution that we can make to help all actors, future actors and, and, and ones that are a bit older, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, but, you know, the year before that, um, it, w- it was starting to slow down. We could see the writing on the wall. So there was a lot of like national commercials I had to do, which by the way, if you're an actor, uh, that's our bread and butter. So like, you know, those commercials help out a lot to get us to do things uh, that we wouldn't have normally done. So in 2022 to 23, I, I did a, uh, I made a documentary in my downtime called Sleep Paralysis. And it was the, um, and it's the um, phenomena of the shadow people. And it just dealt with people that um, in, in an interview style that dealt with people that had sleep paralysis and kind of their stories behind how they felt and what they thought they were going through. And uh, this year, I decided to do a series of uh, projects, or 2023. They're, one of them is finished now. It's, it's coming out in about 15 days. And it was uh, it's entitled Scary Stories. And the first one is uh, entitled My Night with a Skinwalker. And it kind of, um, there's three different stories in it. Uh, but the first one, the one that the, the specialist titled over, uh, deals with one Native American man, a Navajo man, that... Um, reported seeing a skinwalker and dealing with one face to face. So, uh, you know, we uh, we wanted to kind of tell a story and we're really big, my partner and I, on kind of uh, lending an ear to un- underrepresented people. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of urban legends and ghost stories, but, you know, that skinwalker story um, transcends many different Native American uh, tribes. And we wanted to go ahead and highlight that a bit. So that's what our first one was. And the next ones we'll be working on will probably deal with a different uh, underrepresented uh, class of people here in the States. All right. So you really like type tapping into the dark side. What do you say to that? I do. It's fascinating. There's a lot of uh, 
crazily uh, good American uh, folklore that uh, we hardly get to even, um, you know, discuss. And when it comes to things like slasher movies and horror movies, all those have great moral uh, uh, compasses, actually. You know, the the, the killer and the slasher, the, these people um, are, are kind of meant as a, uh, to, to, to look as a compass for like a, a moral compass for individuals and people that get killed in these movies generally do things that you're not supposed to do so it's kind of fun um you know like don't do drugs uh, you know you know don't curse don't do bad things don't steal and these people always get it first and i find that to be tremendously fun now when i'm acting it seems like i didn't do anything wrong and i get murdered in every single horror movie i'm ever in but uh, <laughs> why I'm is that murdered first <laughs> i don't know i'm murdered first i have a face that people want to kill i think <laughs> You know what, brother? You you're coming like one of us, the black people, because we always get killed in the what do you call it, in the scary movies first. We always get killed first. <laughs> that is uh, definitely, you know. So there was one that didn't do that in the, like the last like twenty years, and it was the remake of The House on Haunted Hill. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So if you watch that one, it's actually a fantastic movie. It's a great remake, and the black guy lived to the very end. He was the last person. Okay, because <laughs> you know, brother, they're always killing my the, my brothers and sisters. They're always killing them first. But when you said you get killed first, then you know what? You're related to the brothers and sisters now, where you're always dying first in every scary movie. But is there ever a scary movie that you think you could live that you're working on in the future as an actor? I don't know. There's been a lot of promises. Um you know, being a, I'm a, I'm a Hispanic um, actor, mm -hmm. and in those roles, we generally get put as gangsters or as uh, murderers or thieves, and we usually get it pretty quick. Um, but I am in talks with this one company that would like to make me a leading um, uh, man. It's been happening for about two years now. We've been talking about it, and uh, it might actually happen. So I might actually get to live to the okay. very end. <laughs> we'll look we'll look forward to that when that project comes about now what do you say to our listeners that are not open-minded to the horror stuff they think it's a bunch of demons in these movies well i mean there is that aspect to it um which um some people really like that i'm not a huge gore freak um i have a lot of friends that are in the industry that love gore love horror love watching like the hellraiser movies and things like that and that's a bit too much for me um now don't get me wrong if the paycheck is right i will take that role but for the most part i like to go for more psychological thrillers things of that nature uh when it comes to directing or producing especially but um you know there's a lot of different shades of gray between the darkest things and the and the lightest things and uh you know you'll find that a lot of these horror movies that have started coming out there's one that eli roth made called thanksgiving that just came out and i saw it in the theaters and it was hilarious the entire way through. Really? It was it's the funniest thing. It was it was it was good. It was made to be exactly what it was. Uh it was very well shot obviously. The cinematography was wonderful and um you know it was funny all the way through to the very end. Or that one movie that came out last year Megan with a doll. Um, wow. an animatronic doll that had AI. That was shot beautifully. It was something wonderful to watch. It wasn't just about the horror aspect of it. It probably was the least thing about it. Mm. So there are things that you can get. And if you like independent film, um, there are two things people buy in independent film from companies buy. And that is documentaries or horror. That's 80% of uh, what 
is purchased from larger companies from independent filmmakers. So that's what Lionsgate buys. They, people do buy dramas from independent filmmakers, but they generally don't sell, right? So right. We, we have to make what sells. So if you want to see something original and new, that's not the same rehash thing you've seen a million times. That's a great time to start. All right. What about a Christmas horror? I'm working on one, but I can't talk about it. Okay. Um, there was I'm, I'm, one. <laughs> it was, I, I'm, I've written one and, um, and it, we're getting ready to, we're, we're slated to start filming next year. So, or this year actually is 2024 now. So yes. in October, we're hoping to start shooting it. So okay. we're just waiting for the rest of the budget to come in. You know how investors can be. But, okay. But it will be a funny horror film. Okay. Does Santa really be bad in this one? I know you can't give it away. Can Santa really be the Grinch? Um, well, one of his helpers can be. Um, <laughs> so we'll see how that works out. And you know, I was in a movie that was a Christmas horror movie. It was a it was a Krampus um, uh, film. It was called Krampus Unleashed. I got murdered in the first act, um, oh. but <laughs> but you know, it was a Christmas horror movie, and it, and it did have some funny parts in it. Um, it's one of those things. It's like my leprechaun, Jennifer Aniston and leprechaun is like, that was one of my leprechaun movies, you know? <laughs> what do you want um, to say to listeners that haven't experienced a Christmas horror film and they're ready for Christmas already, given that Christmas has passed and 2024 Christmas hasn't come up. Hey, you got to watch these things, man. There, some of these Christmas horror movies that have come out, there's actually a lot of them. They're wonderful to watch. The Germans actually have a couple of really great ones um, that you, they, with subtitles. But there's a lot. Um, I don't. There's actually one that I, I guess I wouldn't classify as uh, Christmas horror, but it's very close. And it's uh, I want to say uh, it's, it's Swedish. It's called Dead Snow, and it has to do with zombie Nazis coming back to life in the mountains. So there's hundreds of things to watch, um, especially when it comes to Christmas horror. And uh, you should definitely watch those things. Absolutely. They're okay. hilarious. Okay. And Christians, after that, pick up your Bibles and repent. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. So, okay. So bring us back 2023. Let's go back last year, right? You were working on projects. And I know the strike happened, right? You guys got yes. what you wanted, right? So... We're not going to go back on strike anytime soon, right? When is the deal ratified until at least? I believe it's a five year, it's either a three or five year deal. I'd have to pull it up um, again. There's a lot of little points of minutiae in that. However, we are right now in negotiation with, um, with our video game talks. Um, a lot of folks know that when it comes to video games, people that do voiceovers and things like that for these video games or... Um, getting their bodies and faces scanned for these video games these people get to use their likenesses in perpetuity and that means for those who don't know forever and ever without paying for them ever again and it's getting to the point now where video game companies want to use our voices with ai to manipulate our voices so they don't need to ask us to come back in to do the work and they also don't want to pay those those extra wages for um that we would normally get for residuals if we were in a television show or a movie um so those are things that are really kind of important there's a lot of really big hollywood stars that have done video games that have seen very little for their efforts um and when it comes to people like me next to nothing so right now we're working on kind of getting more protections 
uh, in the video game industry for actors. Right, right, so right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And now what were your thoughts, even being on the picket lines and even being a part of the strike? And now that it's over, do you kind of worry about five years from now? I don't. Um, our president is Fran Drescher. You remember the nanny? Yes, she, she became the nanny. She was the nanny. <laughs> I love that show when I was a kid. Um, she's our she's our SAG after president, and she is tenacious as all get out. She has done so much for us. Um, I was concerned um, during the strikes because you know I I need to keep the lights on. So there were times where I was getting kind of nervous, and I didn't know if it would ever come to an end. But they they made it happen. And when it comes to these contracts, they don't last forever. They do last generally uh, three to five years. And in that time, we just build off those contracts. We never go backwards. Right. So we'll continue to do what we have to do, um, you know, to protect actors. And nobody wants to see, whenever you see a large movie and, and companies have used AI to fill in the gaps in the background, you can tell. Nobody really cares for that. And I really don't think that, for the most part, when someone sees something that's created, um, uh, computer generated. I don't think that really it sells it to the audience. We inherently don't. Uh, we don't care for things uh, that are that are that are computer generated. They have no life, so it, it's really difficult to get people to watch something. You watch a Pixar movie, and and in the beginning, people didn't really care for them because their their eyes were lifeless. They had no souls, and they didn't look like they were actual things. And you know, even through the magic of art, when they found when they decided that. We we're going to make the the skin of these characters more translucent and and you know bioluminescent a little bit so that they look more like they are human beings. The only reason why we watched those things is because we knew the actor that was behind it. They wound they wound up selling the actor that was playing the part. Like when you go to Toy Story, we know every single actor and who was in those spots because that's why we went to see them. Right. So I think that I think there are there'll always be protections for us so long as people want to see good art. Right, right, right. Adam, just be careful. You might offend some people because some people might say, I love Toy Story. How dare you? <laughs> I do. I love Toy Story, but I, I came for the actors because I knew like Tom Hanks, a phenomenal human being and uh, a phenomenal actor. I, I went to go see Woody. I went to go. I went to go see Buzz because um, Tim Allen was really funny. Um, and, uh, you know, that's this kind of John... Uh, Rassenberger was was in it, um, the guy from Cheers. And there were so many great actors. So, you know, that's why we went to go. We went to see it for the most part. And they were funny and poignant. And they, you know, when you think about the Emperor's New Groove and, uh, you know, Yzma, you know, you went to go see Yzma because of who was playing Yzma, you know. And I think that really helps a lot. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So what do you want to say to other actors? What's your message? Because recently we did have Taraji P. Henson come out and say she was underpaid. What do you encourage other actors? And this goes across all the boards, all across the board, because there might be actors that complain that they've been underpaid. What do you say to that? Because they may not be a Brad Pitt a Jennifer Aniston or an Anne Hathaway? You know, um, I'm not either, um, obviously. Um, and many, many of us aren't. The, the, the face of the country, actually both of our countries, are changing rapidly. You know, we, uh, you know, the demographics are changing. Uh, we are no longer the minority. We, we, are, we are part of the majority because we are all one group of people and uh, you know our colors are changing every single day not everybody just looks one way or looks the other way there's many different shades between um and you can see that in commercial work now if you look at commercial work there 
you know, Asians are being more represented, um, Blacks are being more represented, Hispanics are being more represented. And I think that's important. Um, so you can see it going that way. However, what I would like to say, which is really important, is right now, um, most of the work that I still work on to this day happens to be under a contract um, type of a type of affirmative action contract where it states that because you're hiring so many people that we consider minorities, which are black people, Hispanic people, uh, and some some Asian people to some extent, we can pay them less. So I can work on a film under this contract and only make four hundred dollars a day where there are other actors, if they were working on a film that wasn't under this contract because they didn't have enough minorities to do it, then they could get, they'll get paid, you know, over a thousand dollars a day. Um, so there is a problem where we get underpaid and it's, it's, it's a big problem. So we have to continue to fight for that and, and try to, to stop those contracts from happening. Um, right now, I mean, we had a lot on our plate last year. We couldn't fight for everything in the world, but those contracts are changing every day. Those, the contracts that I'm referring to were not created to hinder us. It was created to give us an opportunity and to give um, underrepresented voices and producers a chance to make something they wanted to make with the actors they wanted to make it with. Um, so keep that in mind that these things are changing, but you, you need to fight for equal pay and not just for Hispanic people or black people. When it comes to women, women historically get underpaid in this industry as well. So we need to fight for those things. And in the interim, I would say if you are lucky enough to have a manager, um, my manager is 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 a tremendous human being. She fights for me all the time. Um, but if you're lucky enough to have one, get them to fight for you. Get them to negotiate that contract. Don't think just because it might be a good deal for you, you should just go ahead and take it because you might not get another one. I mean, we hear stories about how Comedy Central handled Dave Chappelle, um, and they handled him for a very long time. And that wasn't fair. He didn't get anything for that, um, you know, for all the work he did for the Chappelle show. So... You know, we have to remember, and he says uh, in interviews, you know, he didn't know. He thought that was just a good deal. He had all these people nodding their heads and saying, you should sign that rather than, you know, having his manager look it over and say, you shouldn't sign that. So keep that in mind. You Utilize your managers, utilize your agents. Um, if you have an agent that's just farming you out just for the money, drop that agent, get a new agent. You're worth more than that. And that your likeness is worth more than that. Something that someone's going to use for, for eternity you should get paid for that. Right, right, right. But what if I get blackballed? You know, you won't. You won't get blackballed. That's the thing. Is like, if we all do what we need to do, um, then that won't happen. I fight for my wages all the time. Um, it's something we need to do. The reality of the the this message is, um, you know, we all want to be a part of the top 1%. We all want to be Leonardo DiCaprio. But the reality is, is the reason why there's the top 1% is because there's 99% below it. So we all don't get that chance. I, I know a lot of people that have got that chance and have moved up and they've done a very, they've done very great things. And they're very popular and very famous. Um, some of my friends in Hollywood are very famous people. Um, however, they are the top 1%. They they realize how lucky they are and that that, that, that luck could change in a second. Sometimes they don't work for years um, and they're just waiting for that chance because they fight for their wages. Um, you, you might get turned down from a few things, but you won't get blackballed so long as you don't do the things you're not supposed to do. You know, like when you go on set, you're not supposed to do a few. You're not supposed to do certain things. Um, we all know what those things are and what, what etiquette is. So mm -hmm. essentially just do what you're supposed to do. And, and you know, when, 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 when contracts get negotiated, they get negotiated. That's what the business is. So never undersell yourself. You know, you have a worth and and try to achieve that worth. Don't get me wrong. I still take those contracts 
whenever they're offered to me, if I need to, I try to negotiate them up. But if I have to pay the bills, I got to take them. I would just like that to change. And the more we can kind of pick away at that fence, um, the better it'll be for everybody. Right, right, right. I just say blackballed because there are some actresses that have been vocal about pay me what the legends are paid. And then, well, she or he is difficult to work with. Cancel them or blackball them. Yeah, you know, I think that that is that can definitely be a problem. I think it's more issue, um, not to be sexist, but I think it's more of an issue when it comes to women. Because when a woman says something like, I want equal pay for equal work. It's not her being assertive, is it? It's her being um, a harpy, or I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm not trying to curse here, but I think you get the message. It's, it's yes. not her being assertive. It's her, yes, it's for being something else. Um, and that gives the majority a reason to dislike her for some reason. And I don't think that an assertive woman should um, be treated any differently than an assertive male. So, you know, when I see women like that, um, I generally... Uh, celebrate them and want to see them in more stuff. You see America Ferreira, you know, um, she speaks out, you know, openly about being underpaid as a woman and as a Hispanic uh, woman. She might have gotten less work for it. But in the end, when I see a movie that she's in, or if I see something that she's going to, to work on, I'm there. I'm watching it. I'm watching Mindy Kaling's things as well. Um, these are assertive people that did very well for themselves, underrepresented. They were underdogs and they did well. So there is a chance you know, and, and if uh, one door shuts, open yourself up another one. There's plenty mm -hmm. of doors. Right, right, right. And let's not forget Monique too, brother, okay? That's right. <laughs> that's right. And that's who I was referring to, but I had to be indirect about it. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, absolutely. You know, like, that's the thing is, like, it won't be forever. We'll see people that the people want to see change and they want to see different stories. And we want her to get paid. You know what I mean? We, we don't want our actors and actresses to be to be broke and unable to perform their their duties. If you don't pay an actor what they what they're uh, when I say actor, I mean, males and females together. Um, they uh, if you don't pay them what they're worth so they can do their job and keep their lights on, they got to get a job doing something else, which means they can't study and do their job properly. And that's just something that we all have to think about. We think about actors and they think, you know, you think that they make all this money because they're on a television show. And the reality is it's just enough to keep their credit in repair. Um, they don't make a tremendous amount of money. Even the larger actors that you would think about aren't filthy rich. The companies that make the movies are filthy rich. The producers on some of these things get very wealthy. But uh, actors in general just do it because they want to entertain. So we just want to get paid enough to live. Um, on the order, most sag after members uh, here in the U.S. don't even make enough to qualify for insurance through the union, which is only, it's under 20,000 a year. So uh -huh. when you think about that, you know, and these people have been through a, you know, a lot of different shows. It's just, I mean, I get a residual check once in a while and they're for 75 cents to like $4 for things that I've done. Uh, it's not a lot. It's, it, 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 it's not a lot. And, you know, so her fighting for what she believes she's worth, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, what's the point of doing the work if you're not going to get paid for it. Right, right, right. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you for enlightening us and educating oh. us on contracts. Oh, my pleasure, my pleasure. I know it's boring subject matter. <laughs> well, the listeners, I think, have learned something new and other actors and actresses, too, need to learn if they want to step into this business. It's not going to be all glitz and glamour, right? It's art and, and artists, uh, you know, they, they struggle. 
it's a part of the struggle. We have to, we do what we have to do because we love it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Did you want to throw out your social media platforms and your projects? Sure. So I just uh, created a new company called Lava Sky Productions. Um, you can actually find me on TikTok at Lava Sky um, or at um, Instagram. And uh, that's spelled just the way it sounds, L-A-V-A-S-K-Y, Productions. Um, and it's mostly for commercial and documentary work. Um, I also, my partner, I have another uh, company called Overnight Pictures. You can find us on Instagram and on Facebook. Um, we're always creating new and exciting and different content that kind of changes things a little bit. It might change your mind about what uh, art is. So please check us out there. And um, I think that's it. You can always find me at the Adam Berardi on Instagram if you want to uh, say hi. Come say hi. Okay. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And your projects, they can look out for you in or in case they, what do you call it? Want to see some of your past work? Oh boy. So uh, yeah, you can always just uh, type in my name, Adam Berardi, B-E-R-A-R-D-I into uh, your search engine on, on your, um, on your phone, or you can go to Amazon. Tubi is a great platform. Hulu. There's a lot of movies and television shows that I've done throughout my life that are on those things. You can you can check out if you'd like. Um, and in the future, uh, you know, please, you know, stay tuned for my next uh, documentary, which is Scary Stories: My Night with a Skinwalker. That should be out by January 15th, I believe. I hope, and um, they'll be on all major platforms. Um, we at Overnight Pictures, we just did a, the third installment of a found footage. Um, series uh, of movies called The Last Five Days. Um, this one's called The Last Five Days, The Freak Building. Uh, that's really fun if you like found footage stuff. Um, and uh, it's actually pretty gripping. It's 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 essentially a, a one-man acting team in that. And uh, I love productions like that. So that'll be great. Um, other than that, that, that's all that's coming out so far. We'll, we'll, we'll keep working, though. All right. And remind them the one in 2022 about sleep paralysis. What's that one called again? That's called sleep paralysis and the phenomenon of the shadow people. Okay, okay, okay. Any final things you'd love to tell our Met Radio Toronto listeners a message in the year of 2024? Yes, absolutely. Keep working hard. Keep doing whatever you love to do. Don't stop because of what society tells you is the the proper thing to do. Uh, follow your dreams. If you follow your dreams, you'll never have to work a day in your life. Amen, amen, amen. I thank you so much. I really enjoyed getting to know you. Thank you so much for having me on, and thanks to the listeners for listening. All right, all right. For Met Radio 1280 AM, I am Donovan LaCroixy. I would love to thank actor and producer. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Your name? Adam Berardi. Thank you so much. And again, thank you to the listeners for listening to this episode, as Adam said. Thank you, Adam, again. Thanks, Donovan.